It's Frank by Mars with the pitch. One on the hit the right field. Lay back there. Lay back there. Oh, God! Parker Quinn! Parker Quinn! Oh, God! When I think about Ashley Natt, I think about perfection. Now, maybe that's because she tied the LSU record for most perfect tens in her career. Maybe it's because she looks flawless when she's flying through the air or standing on the balance beam or doing feats of physical accomplishment that I, my brain just simply can't process and she makes look so easy. It was really interesting to sit down with Ashley for this conversation on Tiger's win and talk about perfection and how she views perfection in a sport that emphasizes it in a sport that celebrates it, but in a sport that it's so hard to accomplish and in a sport that perfection is not objective. It's completely subjective. It depends on someone else's opinion of your performance and not necessarily on your opinion of your own performance. And maybe the sport made Ashley that way, or maybe Ashley thrived in the sport because of it, but her mindset and her approach to what perfection is and looks like and should be, not only in gymnastics where she, again, was as close to perfect as any gymnast could be and was perfect as many times as any gymnast could be and has been in LSU history, but also away from gymnastics and after gymnastics. Ashley was such a fascinating conversation for me, uh, one, because she's so close to the the end of her athletic career. It was just a couple of years ago. It feels like just yesterday she was wrapping up her LSU career with that performance that you heard the audio of in the intro. I think that, that, that moment, that image is burned in all of our minds. Everyone that's seen Ashley Nat's final performance at LSU at Nationals, it was clear that LSU wasn't going to win the national championship, and Ashley Nat went up there and just crushed her routine, finished, looked to the crowd, and the camera caught her in tears. And I think we all were in tears in that moment. It's an iconic moment. And it's an iconic moment as any as, as iconic as any in LSU history, in my opinion. But it's different from those, right? You think of Warren Morris, you think of Billy Cannon, you think of Glenn Davis running down the court and Tyrus Thomas running down the court. You think of all these great images, Ryan Terrio sliding into home plate, in LSU history, Joe Burrow uh, probably smoking the cigar, and you think of guys, who, athletes who just won, who just came away victorious from the battlefield. And when I think of Ashley's moment, LSU didn't win that day. LSU finished second that day, so they didn't finish on top in the scoreboard. But Ashley walked away from that a legend and an icon, and she already was a legend and an icon, but that moment in particular sticks with me and and stayed with me forever. And I think it stayed with a lot of people. So Ashley was fascinating to talk to because of how close she is to her athletic career. And she can relate to what it is to be an athlete in a sport 
where you, as she puts it, start at perfection and then they just start taking things away from you. But she's also a coach now, an assistant with the LSU gymnastics team and has the coach's mentality. So she's the perfect hybrid of being able to speak for what the, the athletic experience is like because she was just there, but also with the perspective of a coach who's always trying to learn and always trying to grow. And Ashley embodies what this podcast is to me. And we talk about that. Ashley's career at LSU began and blossomed when she started looking around the gym and seeing things that she wanted to take from other gymnasts at LSU and apply to her own skill set. And that's what Tiger's Win is for me. I go around this campus and I look for people who are excellent at things and I try to pick up their tricks of the trade. And Ashley has so many tricks of the trade because she's been doing that, borrowing from the excellence around her for a very, very long time. What makes Ashley especially special and stand out and a perfect guest is that she's also got the talent to put those things into play and be a legendary performer in the arena as a gymnast and now on her way to being a very, very excellent coach as well. So here's my conversation with former LSU gymnast, current LSU assistant coach, Ashley Matt. I hope you enjoy it. Pleasure to spend a few minutes with LSU Gymnastics. Okay, never mind. That was just a little <laughs> test roll. Just seeing if you're on your toes. I can tell from the look in your eyes. I should have watched the video, man. I should have done my homework. <laughs> now I'm sweating. I'm about to grill you. It's going to be like <sighs> 60 minutes. It's going to be really hard. I actually have like a really important meeting at 3.30. And for some reason, I'm way more anxious about this. It's okay. We're going to be fine. I always feel a pressure on this to like do a good job. That's a good interview. Thing. Like a meeting, you just show up and you just say what you got to say. But like this kind of stuff. like It's something you care about. I do care about this. So it makes you nervous. It does. It's a good thing because you care about it. If you didn't care, then you wouldn't be nervous. I'm saving, I'm saving all this. <laughs> it's actually, we're rolling on the audio, so I can use this audio. I'll probably just start there. Okay, Matt's rolling and we're rolling. It's my pleasure to sit down for a few minutes with LSU gymnastics legend and now assistant coach Ashley Nat. Ashley, thank you for being on Tigers Win. I trust you've done your homework. You know, like what the show's all about. You watch all the previous episodes, all that kind of stuff. Thank you for having me. Um, I slacked on the homework. I did. <laughs> I'm you- ashamed of myself. That surprises me because you don't strike me as a slacker. You strike me as the opposite, like an overachiever. Is that accurate? Um, I would hope that I'm not a slacker. In my mind, I'm not. Um, I would say I like to achieve. I wouldn't say I'm an overachiever. It just depends on like what category we're falling into. I sure. think there are like some things in life that I'm like, I have to overachieve. Or, yeah. like, I have to achieve at a high level. And then there are some things where I'm like, I care a little, not care a little bit less, but yeah. you know. Like podcasts, and you don't really care about being on podcasts. I care. <laughs> I'm teasing. This is important. I'm teasing. Okay. I can. I know. I know it's important. I'm excited about it. Let's start there, though. What What do you care about overachieving with? What are the things that in your life that you are just so focused on? And then obviously gymnastics is probably one of them. But what else? Right. Um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is my relationships, um, whether that's at home with my family, um, you know, with my friends, or even in here. 
with our athletes. I think that relationships for me personally is the the foundation of everything that Mm -hmm. I do. And um, it's also the important, the most important step and the most important building block to me personally. So I think like when it comes to relationships, that's something that I want to be on top of all the time. I want to make sure that I'm communicating well, communicating clearly, um, building and establishing trust. I think that's the most important thing, obviously, in coaching. Um, So I think that I would say that that's probably the most important thing to me personally. And then obviously I work and my personal life. I think now that I'm a few years out of gymnastics, I'm learning more about myself and I'm Mm -hmm. learning more about how to take care of myself well and um, things like that. So that's been a a journey for me, honestly. And I think as many former athletes would say that you're learning about yourself after sports is... It's, a, it's an experience, it's a journey, it's a process. Um, so that's been fun for me, and I think I've gotten a lot better at that, that, year, at that this past year. Um, but I think that that's something that's important to me too, and now I'm learning to achieve in that way. So I always get made fun of for doing this, but I'm gonna compare my athletic career to your athletic career, which there's no comparison. But I wanna talk about that subject you just brought up, L- leaving sports or leaving the sport that was part of your life for so long and then transitioning into the next phase of your life because that's something every athlete, no matter if they stop playing at high school or college or junior high, that's still a a transition. For me, playing basketball, the day that I put down a basketball, I probably didn't touch it for two more years. I just needed space. I needed to do other things. Um, You're obviously feet first back in gymnastics and really probably never left the the whole arena, um, so to speak. But what was your your approach? Because we all remember that moment, your final performance at LSU. It's kind of one of those iconic images that's burned in any LSU sports fan's mind, right? Like um, that that performance at, at nationals and um, coming off the beam and the tears in your eyes and the tears in our eyes. Everybody was crying everywhere. How do you transition from that moment to where you are now? What's that journey been like? Yeah, so like you said, exactly right. It's been a journey. Um, I knew that before I graduated college that I wanted to <clears throat> stick around and I wanted to get my master's degree and um, I still wanted to be involved in the sport. My parents are both gymnastics coaches. Um, they've been doing gymnastics their entire lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I didn't necessarily want to go back home and coach with them um, because what I fell in love with during college was the team aspect and the camaraderie and the leadership and um, putting together something that is so unique mm-hmm. and every year it starts over and every year you're building and you're putting together the pieces of the puzzle. And so um, I just fell in love with that part of it. And so I think I had already decided that I wanted to stay involved in one way or another. So I stayed on, I got my master's degree um, and I was able to start student coaching and um, it was at that point that I kind of just was really thinking about what was next. And obviously while building my own coaching philosophy and what what I think and what's important to me. Um, and then after grad school, moving on, going to Penn State, um, being able to be an assistant coach there was such a such a big step and such a journey for me, such a um, such a learning process, mm-hmm. um, which I, I really don't think that I would be the coach that I am without that step. Yeah. Um, so I was really glad that I was able to do that. And then obviously coming back here was incredible. I mean, it's it's been an absolute dream come true. But um, personally, it's been a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having COVID being a part of that whirlwind was also something that was unexpected. <laughs> and made out everything of the simple, blue. right? <laughs> um, so I think coming out of sport, you... Um, 
especially here at LSU, the, sports are on a, they're on a pedestal, mm-hmm. um, and and you have a almost a, a self-inflated version of yourself is what other people perceive you as. Sure. And so um, going into my senior year, I think what I really wanted to do was to ground myself and to find who I was um, as a person and um, be able to separate those two things that I am a gymnast, but I'm also this person and this is what's important to me. And so um, like we talked about before, like I, I learned at that point that like relationships are my foundation mm-hmm. and things along those lines. And so um, I think that that really helped me transition out of not doing gymnastics anymore. Um, knowing who I was and having a firm footing in um, this is the person that I am and I don't need gymnastics to validate me and I don't need um, to post a high score to prove that I, I'm good and I'm successful. Um, and so I think that those things, being able to separate and differentiate um, really helped me into that grad school school step. And then obviously staying involved with the sport is something that I've always wanted. Um, and it's been a dream come true to absolutely be able to do that. And so, um, I think that that obviously makes it way easier when you're still in the gym every day. Some days you still feel like you're on that student athlete schedule of like in grad school, I was like, I went to school and I went to the gym and like, that was really a helpful transition. There was no like cold Turkey break where like you don't do it anymore. Um, so I think that that was really nice as well and definitely helped. The perspective that you mentioned there is, is so important, I think, and needs to be emphasized for me when, when you're talking about separating yourself from your scores and separating yourself from your performance is not who you are. I remember for me, it was when I was quitting and I had a conversation with actually somebody that played basketball here who, who was a, a, a family friend. And I was saying, look, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. He said, basketball is what you do. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And that was a very simple but profound moment for me yeah. to say, that's exactly right. And so for me, it, it took me in a different direction. Um, for you to have that perspective while you're still playing to me is so fascinating. I think one, it's a testament to your maturity and just who you were. Um, but also I, th- I think it might have something to do with the nature of gymnastics and especially college gymnastics, because especially here, so many athletes come here and this is a step for them. This is the yeah. next step in their journey. They're trying to get to the NBA, the NFL, major league baseball. They're, they're going to professional soccer, what, the, the Olympics, right. you know, they're, they're always looking not that they're not wanting to be here, obviously, but it's a step in their journey. Yeah. And for gymnastics, it's almost like the end of the road. Maybe that's too dramatic of a phrase for no, it. it is. But then it's almost, in the way that I think of it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost like life after the sport because y'all, y'all train so hard up until a certain age, do U.S. gymnastics, all this stuff. And then it's almost like, oh, you get to write one final chapter. Yeah. Is, my, is my perspective on that right? Is that what it feels like going through it? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. I think um, for college, for collegiate gymnastics and for um, gymnasts who are pursuing collegiate gymnastics is completely different um, than any other sport. I think there are probably a couple of sports that are similar to us, but um, there's always life after. Um, and then for us, this is the end of our road. This is, this is where it ends. Yeah. Um, and I think... We emphasize a lot to our, our team, um, no regrets. That's like our, our mentality. And yep. I think right, yeah, there on the wall. right at the top of the pyramid yeah. um, because it's the most important thing. And um, we just, we emphasize that because we know that when this is over and it's, it's really over, it's over for a lifetime. You want to have no regrets. You want to look back and say, I did everything that I could for LSU. Yeah. And um, I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I think it's the thing that pushed me in that direction. The thing that pushed me of to like, okay, let's separate, let's start reflecting let's think about what we really want this to look like and I knew that 
when I got to the end of my career, I didn't want to have one regret about anything that had happened up to that point. Um, and it was, uh, I can honestly say that I don't. Um, and that's a huge blessing um, for any athlete, for any athlete involved in sport. Um, so I'm super fortunate that way, but I think it's all about perspective and it's all about preparing yourself for the end, which sounds so final, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but that is that is a part of it. It's yeah. a part of the sport that is weird and um, doesn't really align with anything else, but um, that's what we attempt to do is, I mean, while they're in this phase of, yes, you're doing gymnastics, yes, you're competing for LSU, like, we want you to be a successful human after this. Yep. You know, like, there isn't sport after this, but, like, are you prepared for the next step? Are you pre- prepared for real life? Like, what are we doing next? And so... Um, as a staff, we find that that's a, a large part of our job and um, making sure that our girls are set up for success for after gymnastics. Yeah, and to to build on the end of the road comment, which I'm still <laughs> laughing at myself for saying that, but it, it is kind of true, but it's also the start of a, a new journey, right? And mm-hmm. it takes you into the, the next step. And, and we've, we've talked about that for you. One thing that's always fascinated me about gymnastics and gymnasts and it's probably because I come from a team sport background, is is just the the individual pressure. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand how you can perform at such a high level um, when, when, you know, even like tennis, because I, I played a little tennis growing up, you at least have an opponent, right? You mm-hmm. have someone that you're going up against, and so they control some of it too. In gymnastics, it actually terrifies me sometimes <laughs> to watch, like really, because you it's you. Yeah. It is you, and it's nobody else, and especially those first 15, 16 years when it's literally just you. Yeah. Um, you you talked earlier about the team component and how you sort of discovered that and fell in love with that mm-hmm. here. So I'm curious in that dynamic because you are out there by yourself on the beam or on the floor or on the bars or whatever, but especially at this level, you do get to be a part of a team that is LSU. And I've talked to a lot of gymnasts that, that feel that way, that they fall in love with that team aspect mm-hmm. because it's been individualized so long. So tell me about your relationship to that dynamic of being a superstar gymnast coming up. And yeah, you were on U.S. teams and all that stuff. Um, but it, but it's it's so highly competitive still there, right? And then you come here and there's that team aspect. How, how did you sort of fall in love with that team aspect? Yeah, of course. So like you said, it's it's completely individual your whole life. Yeah. You're never, you're out there, you're always by yourself. So you learn how to compete by yourself. You learn about what's important to you. And I think it's twofold that like when you are part of a lineup on any event, um, we score, we keep five out of the six scores, mm-hmm. the best five. Um, so when you're part of the lineup, you recognize that everybody around you is counting on you, you know, and, um, and that that's pressure. Like not to mention you're up there by yourself alone and yes. there's judges looking at you and you're about to get marked off on whatever you sure. do, whether you make an error or not. Um, there's all that. And then you realize that your teammates are counting on you. Oh, my team needs me to post a good score. Not just, I need to have a good score for me. I need to have a good score for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that is, while it's pressure, like it is also the most exciting thing ever. And there's a part of it. There's that caveat five out of six. That's, they've got my back. They can, I can, I don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do the best routine I've ever done because no matter what happens, they have my back. They'll pick me up they'll fill that spot, they'll post a better score. Um, and it's that's a beautiful thing as well. And so I think the five out of six really, um, it unifies them. Um, it, it reminds you that not everything depends on you mm-hmm. um, and that we're all together in this. And I think 
what's beautiful about gymnastics is there are so many different types of gymnasts. Um, I think when you see our, um, Olivia Dunn, uh, it's long, beautiful lines. And then you see Kaya Johnson, who has powerhouse. Um, I think that those are, they're two completely opposite gymnasts, but they complement each other. When mm-hmm. you see them next to one another, you can recognize that, okay, there's two different things here that I'm seeing, but knowing that they complement each other in a way that makes up our lineup. And so sometimes when we're composing a lineup, we're composing it based on the the composition of the routine and the ability of the athlete and what their personal look and their personal style is mm-hmm. um and that's such a beautiful thing i think that like that's why they call us artistic gymnastics yeah um and so i think that that part of it is also something that is so magical that all of them can be so different and so unique and so powerful and strong in their own way but come together to create something um that's for something bigger than themselves that is for lsu and um I think at LSU, we're fortunate that the state of Louisiana is so takes so much pride in our sports um, and takes so much pride in everything that happens here. And so they have so much support riding behind them. And um, I know that that um, elevates their excitement, their energy, and their want um, to compete, their want to win, and their, their drive overall. When did that recognition of what LSU was set in for you? And then now that you're a coach, how, how does it set in for some of the players? And the same same question to the the team dynamic because the way that you just described it was first of all is just beautifully said but it was also a coach's perspective a little bit too did did you know that as a as an athlete did you internalize that that concept of you know complementary pieces in a team and the way that you know the lineups are constructed but also you know the you know they've i'm sure you internalize that they've got my back part because yeah. that's you're out there and you're you're in the the spotlight but right. but that question also applied to when did it like set in at LSU that this place was what it was? Okay. I'll start with that part. Yeah, so that's I two think, very like disparate yeah, questions. They're but. a little different, but um, <laughs> I think obviously um, having DD as, as my coach um, changed everything about mm-hmm. my perspective of Louisiana and the state of L- and LSU. And um, she just, she wears purple and gold, like a banner. Um, she carries it around. She has so much pride for the state and for the university. And I think that the way that she spoke to us made it resonate how important it was. And um, I think that she just the way that she carried herself, um, the enthusiasm that she had for it. Um, it she always reminded us of, of how important it was to represent not only ourselves really well, but that we were a bigger that there was a bigger representation that we were representing LSU and we were representing the state of Louisiana wherever mm-hmm. we went and whatever we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely attribute all of that to her um, and the way that she influenced us. Um, the second question was about lineup composition. <laughs> It was it was about when does that idea of or that transition from I'm an individual athlete and I'm up here by myself competing for myself to I'm part of a bigger team. When does that settle in? Is it the first meet? Is it the first practice? Is it junior year? Like when does it when does that sort of settle in? I'm sure it's different for everybody, but yeah. for you, when when did it settle in? Um, I think definitely it. I started noticing it in practice um, because I think the practice environments are competitive. Um, and I think when I looked or I felt like I was a small fish and I was like looking around and Lamentia Hall and Reagan Corville and Jesse Jordan, I was like, mm. holy cow, like, am I even going to get into this lineup? <laughs> like what, how am I even going to compete? Yeah. And if I do like, thank the Lord. <laughs> so I'm, I'm obviously looking around at practice and I'm like, okay, like 
watching and practicing and watching and practicing and then I would notice little things and I would see Lamencia Hall has she had performance quality like nobody else and mm-hmm. I was like I can do that I can do that and then I would watch Jesse Jordan and she had consistency and efficiency like nobody else I can do that that's something I can do and then I watched Reagan Corval and she was fierce so fierce in every single way in the competition during night and in practice and it was just something that I was like I, those are things that I can do like this isn't isolated to just them there are little things that you can take and create and make your own and spice up so that it fits you and mm-hmm. that you're not changing yourself but you're looking at leadership qualities and making them your own and um, I think that that's something that that happened when I was I mean a freshman obviously they take time to, it takes time to to cultivate anything um, but those were things that I noticed about people that were things that I wanted to be like and I mm-hmm. aspired to be like um I think um, I felt like when I became a junior, I really blossomed into the leader that I wanted to be. Um, I felt like I had a, a sure footing of um, what culture could be like and um, if things could be, if we wanted things to be different, all we had to do was say that we wanted them to be different mm-hmm. um, from a team atmosphere perspective. Um, and I think that that's something that our coaches really empowered us to do. You know, like we would sit in their office and they would say, you know, it's your team, like you guys lead it. And like those things, make you feel empowered to do things a little bit beyond your reach sure you know yeah um and so i was fortunate to obviously be on so many great teams with so many great student athletes um even sarah finnegan was younger than i was but when she practiced you couldn't catch her she Mm -hmm. was the fastest person i've ever practiced with and so like we would me and Maya Hamburg we talk about it all the time. I wish we would be we would ask the coaches, Can you put me in the group with Finn? Can you put me in her group? Because we wanted to be as efficient as her. Sure. We wanted to keep up. And those things building and compiling on top of one another, those that's what makes great teams, you know? People noticing what's good about other people and then trying to keep up with it. I think those things are it's it sounds competitive. It sounds like you're creating some sort of disconnect but the reality is like you're just noticing someone's strength and making it your own yep. and so then everybody gets stronger we're yep. all getting better yep you just like summed up what this whole podcast is supposed to be like <laughs> me taking all the strengths from other right. people and trying to apply them to myself you said something earlier that stuck with me you said as you're looking at the team concept i don't have to be perfect and it struck me mostly because you i think still have the record for most perfect tens here at LSU, I think. It's a tie. It's a tie. Okay, but you would know. Me and um, <laughs> Jennifer Wood, who is like also a legend. Yeah, well, there's that. There's, yeah, of course. And so when I think perfection, you're one of the people that comes to mind because of your, your record and performance. And that's, perfection is a word that I've always struggled with because I'm 100% a perfectionist or certainly grew up that way. And it, I think when you're a perfectionist, you have a, a love-hate relationship with perfection because it's the thing that makes you better at everything but it's also the thing that like sometimes drags you down and is a Mm -hmm. weight around your neck were you a perfectionist from the start in gymnastics I mean child of coaches um I'm (laughs) guessing you probably were no oh really no I'm not a perfectionist okay never maybe as I got older um I would still say still now no yeah um I think what you described before about the weight around your neck mm-hmm. and how much pressure it causes you, it can destroy you. Yeah. Especially in a sport like this. Um, you know, you start at 10 and everything is a takeaway. They take away everything. They take away everything. They take away everything. And so if you allow that into your mind, 
to like really it, things will continue to be deducted from you, yeah. you know, like from your emotions, from your feelings, from your spirit. And like, that's something that I never really wanted for myself. Sure. Um, obviously I wanted to get a 10. That's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think after achieving one or two, maybe three or four, I came to the recognition that like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that like, I can do a routine that I perceive as my best work mm-hmm. and I could still get a 995. I could do my routine that I perceived as not my best work and still get a 10. And so it's not really, I think the, the hard thing about gymnastics is that it doesn't really matter what you perceive. It only matters what the judges perceive mm-hmm. and what they see when you compete. Um, and there's so, so many factors that go into getting a 10 from the the fan experience sure. to the build of the lineup. And, to, and there are just so many things um, that go into it. And I, I'm so fortunate that I was able to have that experience. Um, but I think after having it so many times, it was like, this is not what perfect means. Yeah, Perfect isn't even perfect. Yeah, And I think it, you, there are some of our girls now that we can talk to them and be like, they're like, wasn't my best one. You know, and they know, mm-hmm. you know, there's no secret. You know when you do your best and you know when you don't. And so that's the measure that has to matter most. That measure of looking internally and saying, did I do my best? Did I give all my effort? Hmm. And not the measure of, did I score what I wanted to score? Yeah. Because you're you're never going to score what you want to score. And if you base your entire life around your scoring, you're going to be unhappy 100% of the time. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that that's a part of it. I, I personally, definitely growing up, um, my parents... They were my coaches. Um, they were very lax. Um, they were very happy that I loved the sport the way that I did mm-hmm. um, and the way that they loved it. Um, and so they were, I wouldn't say they were easy on me, um, but they knew how how hard it is to achieve at such a high level at this sport. And they didn't want me to to really suffer. They wanted me to, to thrive and to love it and to continue to love it. Um, and so they pushed me in that direction, not in a direction where I was broken down and tired and beaten up uh, so when I got to college, it was like a completely different experience, not having my parents as coaches and then um, being on a team of people who I thought were absolutely incredible. Yeah. It was just like, I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. And to be very, very clear, um, because I think I asked the question poorly. Um, the reason I brought up the parents angle is that for me, I was the child of two coaches and in my head, they would come home and they talk about, oh, we coached this kid today. He was so great. He, you know, he listened and he was hustling and blah, blah, blah. And then they'd be like, oh, this other kid, he's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so in my head, I was internalizing like, oh, if I want to get approval, I'm going to do all the good stuff that they're talking about yeah. and not do the bad stuff. But obviously that's my baggage and I probably put it no, on you there. No, so no. my bad. Not at all. I think that like <laughs> you should definitely, it's the same thing we've been talking about, like learning from other people around yeah. you. And so like when you're a kid and like it's your parents you're going to learn from what they say and yeah. like no matter what they're talking about. And I was fortunate that my older sister, they coached her first, yep. you know, she was like their guinea pig and then they got me and I was definitely not as talented. My older sister is the most talented person in wow. our entire family. I, <laughs> I was like half fiddle to that. And yeah. I was like, well, definitely not going to be as talented <laughs> as her, but I might as well outwork her. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of picked up that, like, let's just outwork them. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be that talented, but like I can outwork you. Like, I can outperform you. I can, and so like it's that. That's what it was for me, and I think my parents recognized that mm-hmm. my sister was more talented than me, 
and they didn't I didn't feel it I don't I know now but I yeah. think they just made sure that I loved the sport and that I was happy yeah um, and I I'm so grateful for that because that is the only reason that I'm still in the sport today what was it about gymnastics that you loved I mean I'm sure you were around it a lot but what what caught you with it it's fun I mean these you're flying yeah it is a good time. <laughs> um, I also like, I've always been, I, I show off a performer. Um, so being able to sure. salute and show off and perform in front of, fortunately here at 11,000 people mm -hmm. is, that's a dream come true. Um, and so I think the performance aspect definitely has to do with it for me. Um, and then I think, um, obviously being here, being on a team and being around people who you're like. Um, I think when you're growing up in gymnastics, you're not around people that you're like, mm -hmm. you don't go to school with people who train 30 hours a week. Mm -mm. You just don't. And so, and you don't hang out after school and you don't do extracurriculars and you don't. So you're never around people that you're like, except when you're at the gym. And yeah. so you develop friendships from that aspect. And then when you come here and you're around people that you're like all the time and everybody is like you and yeah. you're, you're all ha or have that determination, have that edge, have that effort and attitude um i think that that's something that's super magical do you miss the performance aspect and then i'll i'll couple that since that's kind of a negative uh slanted question okay. with what do you love about what you're doing now that wasn't there before yeah um i don't miss wearing a leotard i don't <laughs> um i think there are few and far between things that compare to being in front of that many people and mm -hmm. doing what you love most um, so I think that like, yes, of course you never get feelings like that doing anything. Yeah. Um, I like competing. I'm, I'm slightly competitive. We're, we're, I'll, I'll sink in there for a second. We'll get yeah. back to it. What do you compete? Like, where's your competitive drive taken out now? CrossFit. Okay. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. That's a perfect fit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am, I just go to a local gym. I'm not like a competitive crossfitter yeah. but I think like the way that the workouts are set up is so that I can compete every day yeah and like that's kind of pushes me and it's a good competitive outlet sure like, I think for any athlete yeah. honestly but um it's been fun to like learn something new and try something different and be able to push myself at something else that's did, not in here yeah did you start it like the day after you stopped doing gymnastics no I didn't <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't. Uh, it took me a couple of years um, to finally like find the right place. And yeah. um, one of my college teammates was like, you have to do this. Like she was like, you're going to love it. Yeah. Um, and so she does it too. And we talk about it all the time. And yeah. It's like a, like a fitness junkie place I, to go. Yeah. I'm so. aware. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you getting out of coaching though that you didn't have before? Oh my gosh. Um, I obviously I started this entire thing telling you that relationships are the, the most important fundamental thing in my life. And so um, the relationships that I'm able to have with our student athletes are, they're fulfilling in a way that you, they challenge you and they push you and they, um, they, you know, like you, you think that like coaching is all about like putting yourself into someone else, but like they are giving so much and like they give so many lessons along the way of um, just how to be a better human. Hmm. Um, they're, they're awesome. They're resilient. Um, they're smart, kind, strong. Um, and the way that they carry themselves makes you want to carry yourself better. You wow. know, and I think that like those things, uh, you, there's nothing in the world like it. And um, I'm grateful. We have a really great group of girls, um, but they're grateful. And they are, they're the first person to talk to you about 
anything mm-hmm. um, and they'll tell you that you look so beautiful today and I hope you have a great day and I love you so much <laughs> and that like I, I don't think you can go anywhere and hear that kind of affirmation and that kind no. of like I care about you and like I want you to know that um, and I think that that's something that's special to our team in particular um, I think that it's special to our team nationwide um, that our girls they love each other in a way that's genuine um, and we talk about all the time that that's our advantage is yeah. the way that they love each other next time I'm feeling down I'll just walk through the building and see oh my if I can gosh, yeah. get some compliments just to lift my spirits I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this team and y'all are getting ready for competition and yeah. regionals and this time of year and you've been through it as an athlete you're now going through it as a coach and and what, what is this time of year like being in that seat, it's like it, it feels like y'all are competing, 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 mm-hmm. and then it's like a little pause, yeah. and it's a slow build to what you've been preparing for. Definitely, um, it is exactly that. I think the pause is nice. Um, I think competition does include wear and tear, and it does include um, their bodies are a little taxed, and so being able to have that break is nice to rest our kids who need to be rested um, and be able to to prepare for. A championship season, but also to prepare their minds. I think at this point, we're very aware of what they're physically capable of. And it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of uh, what's going on between your ears. Um, And that's, that's exciting. And so I think everything that we do in the gym from this point on is to make them feel like champions Mm -hmm. and to make them feel good on the inside and that when they leave they feel like they can do anything um and so it's all of our practices are designed very carefully um we keep them all together often as much as we can uh to create energy and to create an environment um where they're pushing one another and we are sharpening um getting getting sharper on those little details um i think that that's really important but we really just want them to feel really good we want them to feel like a million bucks when they step onto that floor in Utah. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of our goal. Um, obviously, from an internal standpoint, I think um, externally, we obviously have big championship goals. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I think our girls are, we're the most competitive team in the nation. I think that we're going to be absolutely up there. Um, but it's a, we would be remiss to say that it's not a tough field and that yeah. the teams that we're facing from this point on, every every meet we compete against um, are great teams and teams that are historically great. Um, and so I think it's just a matter of sticking to, to what we've said this entire time and being true to ourselves, um, to our team culture, um, and to the things that we believe in as a team and um, just survive in advance yeah. for four meets. Ex- you mentioned internally, externally. Externally, there's, there's a narrative, at least I've got it in my head, is this narrative – LSU gymnastics just climbing, 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 um, just growing as a program, and then it's just that one last step, right? Yeah. Is that internalized? Is that something that the coaches think about, the athletes think about, or is it is that too big picture thinking and it's just much more in the moment right now? Um, we say at the beginning of every year that our goal is to win the national championship because that's not the goal what is mm-hmm. um, we absolutely want to take that next step however we don't focus on it we don't harp on it we don't talk about it every day we know that that's our end goal and that's yeah. what we want for ourselves um, but we believe in process orientation and being involved in our everyday process and you're not going to get to an end goal if you're not taking small steps every day towards it and so I think that that's what we talk most about is just being in our process and um, trusting that process and going about it uh, with diligence and with excellence. Um, and those little steps are what amount to something that's greater. Yeah. 
I want to end by kind of zooming in on you, if you're okay with it. Um, this is kind of the part where I guess I would just ask like routines or things that you do daily just to make yourself a better person and a better coach and that competitive nature and you taking out on a daily basis. So do you have any things that you do every single day that you have to do every single day? Are you very routine oriented? Um, I am routine oriented. I wouldn't say that I have to do anything, um, but I do like to do things a certain way. I feel better about doing things a certain way. And I also am a firm believer in consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that I guess that does mean I have to do it every day. Yep. Um, I wake up at 5.30. I go, I work out at 6. Um, I work out from 6 to 7. Come home, have breakfast, sometimes take a quick nap if I didn't sleep well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get to work at 9. Uh, we're in the office from 9 to around 1.30. Um, and I think what happens during those hours um, amongst our staff is, is really important just to be able for us to communicate freely about um, where we're going and what's next for us. And then we practice 1.30 to 5.30, my nighttime routine is not so great, yeah. um, but I do have a dog that I faithfully take care of, and he is my whole world okay. um, in my apartment. <laughs> what, so kind of, what kind of dog? He's a Chihuahua mix. Okay. He's a hot mess, um, okay. but that's us. Yeah. Are you, are you a reader? Are you yeah. a... What, what do you like to read? Fiction. Okay. <laughs> um, I think like in the... I think during season, I like to read things that like take my mind off of like sport and leadership. Yeah. Um, I think over the summer, I obviously have like some some leadership books and some um, sports and nutrition and um, strength and conditioning books that I really am interested in reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like just right now, fiction is the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. It's where I need to stay because I just need to have something that takes my mind off of things. And so that's part of my weekends. Give, give me a couple of book recs because um, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I are you? Yeah. I try to read two books a month. Try and fail. Okay, I'm, my I'm, goal for the year was one book a month. That's what um, I, I tried to do that two years ago. Got it. And then last year I tried to do two. And you would think during quarantine that it yeah, would have been easier. Been but I have two kids, so I got nothing uh, done during quarantine because okay. they were home all the time. So right. I, I got to about 18 last year. Nice. So this year we're going for two. So if okay. you got any book January recs. January and February I read four. Nice. Um, and then this month I've only read one. Do, so. do you ever read like a really short book to cheat so that you get like one extra no. book in? I did that last year. I was like, I got to read like two short books. But I do like they roll over. The so like if I start, I started a book this month, but in, I'm not going to finish it until next month. Yeah. Like I already know that. So yeah. I'm going to count that for next month. Gotcha. Book, That's smart. Which is how I got this book yes. done this month. Um, Any recs? I don't think so. I don't yeah. feel like I'm a good... I feel like I'm the same way. I, I read them and like file them away and then don't internalize them well enough to share with other you people. You might like, um, there's something, there's a book that I read called Nothing to See Here. Okay. It's very interesting. Okay. Um, it's fiction. It's a little bit of like. I love fiction. This is then. I, I think I was an, I was an English major for two years before okay. I realized that I wasn't ever going to make a living That's being an English awesome. major. It was, it was. Probably, I am a reader and okay. I also am a doodler. Okay. I love to like draw. Really? Yeah. And so I got introduced to this app called Procreate. Oh, I'm wow. I'm sure that you are very aware of it. But it's like it's like a drawing Matt, yes. app. Um, okay. And it's been really fun. I've yeah. been like designing leotards on it. Oh. And like, so that's why I haven't slacked on the reading this month because I've been so obsessed with my iPad. You've been taking it out elsewhere, the creativity yeah. elsewhere. So are we going to see like a... A, a, a bugs design leotard for LSU. I don't know. It's it's right now. It's a hobby. We're in the hobby stage. I don't know Jim Twitter very well. I do know that Jim Twitter is very passionate. I feel like 
a Bugs designed leotard would be huge on Jim Twitter. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Uh, it's been wonderful talking with yeah. you, stealing awesome. some things for you uh, from you. Let's do it again soon because I feel like I could do this all day, but we both have places to Come be. On, and, then. and you have championships to win with, we with the team. We do have championships so. to win. Okay, well, to look forward to. I'll let Thank you get you. back to that work. Thanks for having me.